What's up, Nerds Nation? It's Nick from the FN Nerds Podcast. Before we get you started on today's episode, I want to talk with you guys about Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. And let's be real, who doesn't want in on some of that sweet, sweet cash? Podgo provides podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to be a member at no extra cost and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. This is a no-brainer, guys. What are you waiting for? Head over to podgo.co. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Hey, look at that. I could spell. And be sure to add our podcast in on the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. And now, on to the effing nerds. What is up, Nerds Nation? Welcome back to the F Nerds Podcast with the most dynamic duo in all of podcasting. I'm Nick Fidizio, and sitting across from me is my guy, Mark Moreno. Who is all jacked up on Mountain Dew. All jacked up on Mountain Dew. Come at my, you like a spider monkey. My face is melting. Raise the Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look right! Keep your eyes shut! This is episode 40, and uh, we got a lot of stuff we got to get into. It's been a while since we've done an episode, Mm -hmm. so we're going to kind of uh, jump into it. And I kind of want to start off real quick by saying that um, a decent amount of people have been hitting us up for collabs. Really? And that's like the most flattering thing I think you can be at. Like if you do a podcast, like mm-hmm. to me, I'm like flattered that you guys listen to us enough that you're like, hey, we want these I love guys you're on like saying show. that, and I'm like, really? Like, yeah, really? Mark, do you not pay attention? <laughs> Are you not part of this group? Uh, yeah. But like it's and and I, I feel bad, though, because I've had to turn people down for now. Like it's like, you know, people ask, it's like, oh, can you you know, you want to come on our show? Can we come on your show? And it's me and you like we've we always talk about this, too, how like work for us goes. It's like a roller coaster. It'll mm-hmm. be it'll be up and we'll be super busy. We can't do shit. And then it'll go down. And we have all this free time. Right. You know, and uh, I think the last couple of weeks have been a little rough, too. There's been a lot of like false starts um, with episodes that we tried to record and haven't turned out too well. And I think it's just like a lot of just. You know, I think even for me, especially like I'll take a lot of my stresses from work and unfortunately I'll bring it to the podcast. And then when I'm on here and I'm not like in that zone, it throws off my chemistry. It throws off our chemistry. So just like trying to get past all that and trying to get into a point of where, you know, I'm not nearly as busy. You're not nearly as busy. Mm -hmm. And then we can kind of get back to doing this more frequently. But, you know, in the meantime, it's just whatever we put out, we put out. Right. You know, there's no kind of plan as of right now. It's Mm -hmm. just trying to record when we can and you know, talk about the things that we want to talk about and kind of go from there. Yeah, and I per- and I prefer to have it that way. I don't like having a, um, like we spoke about this uh, not too long ago. I don't like having a sort of like mandate, like we have to put something out weekly. Yeah. I don't want to force us to put something out because then it's just not going to be like, it's not going to be genuine. It's not going to feel comfortable if we're not feeling it. If we right. have to put something out and we're just not in the mood and we do and it just turns out to be shite. Right. Then, you know, like I, I rather, yeah, just like no not tied down to anything we both have commitment issues anyway so like (laughs) it better not be it's best to not just like give ourselves a mandate to put something out weekly and just put it out you know you'll get it when you get it you get it when you get it exactly well i mean it's also kind of hard too because i mean you guys know that if you're you're listening for all like the four people who are waiting for an episode i know right yeah (laughs) and we love you four people yeah um but you guys know if you do a podcast and you know like how much you put like your own personal time into it and you know, creatively, and I don't even know this from editing too, you take some sort of ownership over it. And when it doesn't come out like you want it to come out, 
it hurts. It hurts. And, and you, you know, like, and for me personally, like, you know, if it feels like a failure when it's, when it's not working out properly, but yeah. you know, trying to kind of get past all that and just like, let it go and be like, look, if it's not the best thing ever, then it's fine. You know, it yeah. is what it is. And you try again on the next one. Yeah. And it's just those, those trials and tribulations that you go through, you know, yeah, like Bumble dates. Yeah, that one didn't yes. work out. All right, yeah, yeah, all right. Maybe we, the next we, got, one. we got another one. All right, yeah. Who else? Who who else is in the queue? Let, let, let me let me whip this up. <laughs> let me fire it up. Uh, so the first thing I want to get into is, um, you know, like yesterday. Yesterday was kind of one of those days where I mean I had just gotten off of like a like a sixteen hour like overnight work day and I was fucking exhausted. I came back here, got back at like six thirty in the morning, slept for a couple hours. Then when I woke up, you know, I had the day off. Martin didn't have much to do with work. We went to the gym, had a really good workout. Um, and then came back and that was when like, uh, just, Martin like, had a lot to do with work. Martin's always working. He's very busy in case any coworkers are listening. Oh, yeah. uh, I am not a bum. I am not a slacker. I'm always working. What would you say you do here? Uh, yeah. So then after we came back, that was when I started to like crash a little bit and it was just one of those just lazy, just nights, just like on the couch. And we watched, we had like, we had like a nerd out. Like we watched a lot of shit. We watched Clone Wars. We watched Bad Batch. We watched, uh, we watched Loki. We watched a little uh, of Mando. Some, some of Mando. <laughs> you know, we watched uh, the Ewan McGregor, Pedro Pascal, Actors on Actors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of going through all that, um, I kind of want to jump into Loki first. Okay. So watching Loki for the first time, it had, you know, it had come out. I kept seeing people fucking tweet about it. I was trying to, like, you know, just fucking Heisman that shit. Y'all not going to spoil it. I'll talk to you about it. We were gonna do like, uh, like we've been doing like the Mandalorian full, you know, episode by episodes, you know, reviews. Then we did WandaVision, then we had Falcon Winter Soldier. And I kind of just decided against doing, um, you know, an episode by episode review. You know, maybe if there's like a really good episode that comes out that's that has a massive impact on the MCU, you know, we'll maybe focus on that episode and just do like a review of that. And then maybe at the very end, we'll do like a series recap or some shit, you know. But for this, I think I just wanna, you know, discuss it a little bit. And like I said, like if anything major pops up, then we'll talk about it. But I just kind of want to come and just i also want to enjoy it you know what i mean because mm -hmm. i feel like going through these these shows i watch it and then immediately i'm thinking like all right now now how's how's you know we gotta focus now on the episode how's this gonna work out what are we gonna talk about you know what are all the easter eggs you know so with loki Mephisto. exactly so with loki i kind of just i want to watch it i want to enjoy it and i kind of just want to leave it at that you know yeah. what i mean so but since we did watch it and now we're doing this episode um what were some of the things that stuck out to you about it like what were some of the things that you enjoyed about watching again i'm not gonna go and give a breakdown okay yeah, i just no. simply yeah. i enjoyed watching it it was a lot of fun i love you know just the luxury of Marvel, yeah. how you have essentially 10 years worth of storytelling that you can plug in to your episode, to your content. Right. And you immediately revert back to like, oh, I remember that moment. Oh, I understood that reference. Oh, yeah. I get this. And then while also simultaneously giving it a different perspective, a different outlook. Mm -hmm. You know, I love, you know, just the whole notion of like, Loki, like you think you were born to rule. Guess what? You weren't. You were just right. born to create chaos and lift others up. Right. Like you're the reason the Avengers came together. Right. You're the reason that all these heroes are now these superstars while you're being benched. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a whole, it's an incredible new look on Loki, who's just such a beloved character. Um, it's very trippy. It's very weird. Yeah, well, that's the thing, man. Like, like the whole thing with the TVA, more so than WandaVision or Falcon or Soldier. Like, obviously, it's focusing on Loki, and we're gonna get a, a whole thing on on his character, and it's about him. But like the the idea of the TVA just completely dwarfs everything that we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. Like the the dude had fucking Infinity Stones chilling at his desk, saying we use these for paperweights. Right. Like, if that doesn't tell you like how more massive this universe got. 
Like that's and it's, and it's smart writing. It is. It's really smart because writing. then it puts it not only does it then inception that idea into both Loki's head, right? But into the viewers too. Like, oh, is the TVA the most powerful? You know, yes. is it the biggest power in the universe? Mm-hmm. And how everything, like everything that that we saw, was supposed to happen. Right. It's kind of a little weird. So you're telling me that Steve was supposed to go back and chill with Peggy and like the Steve right, or whatever, right, right. but Loki can't take the space stone and go somewhere. Hmm, a little questionable. But yes, I guess that was supposed to happen. It was all written for Loki. However, it wasn't. So he is the guy's mischief. He can bend the rules here mm-hmm. and there. But uh, but overall, I really did enjoy it. The TVA is a very interesting aspect to bring into the MCU. I liked what we got so far from it in the um in this first episode. And I'm just I'm I'm ready for more. I am, I am so too, ready like, for like, more. Like, it was awesome. Like like watching the the, the first episode. Like I, I you know when it was over, I looked at Martin. I said, "Is that the best like premiere that we've had so far from yeah. these Marvel shows?" And I, mm-hmm. and I think it is. And a lot of that I also think is a credit to um, the the technical aspects of it. Like I love the production design, the aesthetic of the TVA. It's like very 1970s. Um, I had a lot of Men in Black vibes mm-hmm. of, of Loki kind of going through the facility. Same thing with Beetlejuice when Same, they go. Oh into, yeah, when like, taking the tickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, going into like this other real weird world office. World. Yep, yeah. Yep. And then uh, Owen Wilson, bro. Owen Wilson, like as soon as he steps onto the scene, he just fits into this so fucking well. And I love the dynamic him and Tom Hiddleston have. I kind of hope that 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 is a a major part of the show going forward. Is that it's kind of those two working together to mm-hmm. try to figure out the mystery that's that's kind of come come about in the series. Uh, yeah, it looks and, like it's gonna be like a weird buddy cop relationship. Yes, yes, which which I'm all for. And then uh, and then the score. I love the score. I don't know who does it. I need to look up who does it. But the the score was the one thing that really stood out to me through the whole thing. As I was as the musical cues were really picking up, I heard it and I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, totally yeah. agree, man. It was fun. But really awesome premiere. And yeah, I can't wait to see how. And Mephisto is in Mephisto, uh, dude, <laughs> dude. That that one shot of Owen Wilson in the church and it points to the devil. I'm like. Oh, don't tell me this is Mephisto. coming back. And then he's like the devil gives candy. Devil I was like, gives oh candy my God, guy. it's Mephisto. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Can't wait for our uh, next episode. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Also kind of recapping something else. Uh, we watched The Conjuring 3. Yes. The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, it came out on HBO Max. Uh, I didn't have a chance to see it in theaters. I know you watched it on HBO Max as well. Twice. Uh, twice, yeah. <laughs> you saw it twice. Uh, watching the trailer, I thought this movie was going to be shit. I was like, this is going to be trash. It looks like an imitation of a James Wan Conjuring movie. And to an extent, it kind of is. Um, you know, the movie itself is... But it also doesn't help that it was directed by the same guy who directed what, Nick? I don't want to say it. Come on, say it. <sighs> you can I'll, do I'll, it. All right, I'll say it so you can correct me and say it the proper the way. The Curse of... La Lorna. Oh, you said it. Bro, I've... It's not Lorna. <laughs> what is you it? You keep saying Lorna. What is There's it? There's another O in there. It's two O's. It's L-L-O-R-O-N-A. So La, La, La Luna? <laughs> no. <laughs> Terrible. Do it for me, bro. Say La it. La Llorona. Roll, roll the R. La Llorona. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, which is the, the crying lady. <laughs> the crying lady. Holy shit, a lady. But yeah, um, so he, yeah, that's right. He he was a director for this, so automatically we saw that. We're like, oh boy, this is probably not going to yeah, be Yeah, because that good. movie was not great. No, and uh, and watching it, um, it, 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 I was surprised. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. It's not as scary as it could have been, mm-hmm. and it's not as good as the first two. Um, but I think it's solid and I think the reason why it's it's at the very least watchable is because of Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as playing Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm-hmm. They are so fucking good. They keep you invested. They are the heart of this series. And with this being like their kind of fourth go around as these characters, um, you know, watching them just kind of come in and do their thing. Like it's just like it's like a switch flip. It's like yeah, automatically you just buy them. That's really what it is. Yeah. Like you have the you're you're blessed with having these two incredible actors like in the lead roles who are both just so good. 
Um, I totally echo everything you said. I did really enjoy it. I thought the opening was fucking awesome. The opening's so good, I really man. enjoyed the opening. I enjoyed the new sort of ghost slash monsters that we got between the Mork guy, between the ghost that he saw that made him do it, quote unquote, made him do it. <laughs> she was in our house. She was in our house. <laughs> that line from Patrick Wilson yeah. is so good. Um, very on the nose references to previous horror yes, films. Yes, we had, obviously in the beginning, we had a massive exorcist like, reference, which I, I did, like, which I did love. I, I like that it was yeah. like, geez, could you be any more like obvious? Yes, you know, and like, at the very end with the dragon of the sledgehammer was very much like the shining very much Nicholson, like, Not just that, but axe. him like running yeah, through the hallway with yeah. the hammer was very, uh, very shining isk but um but yeah i i definitely did enjoy it i do enjoy that they added like a bit of a murder mystery uh like element to it right. in regards to the trial in regard like i feel like the end when they both show up at the house reminded me of like prisoners oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, and, yeah. and like her being in the basement mm -hmm. like there or even like fucking like sons of the lambs like, it, i just got like oh a yeah bit very of, much um, sons of the lambs yeah i got like a very like kind of like murder mystery vibe to it but Overall, really enjoyed it. I thought Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, like we said, were just absolutely incredible. I'm ready to see more. If they do make more, mm -hmm. I will be there to see it. Um, and yeah, this is really the heart. These Conjuring movies are the heart of this like expanded universe. For sure. Because the spinoffs yeah. have just simply not worked, except for the Sam Berg Annabelle movie. I thought that one was good. Right, Annabelle creation, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the first Conjuring was great. Second Conjuring, I understand people have some issues with it, but I do really do like it, um, especially... Once we get the whole Valak stuff with the nun. Yeah. Like all the stuff with like the English family is like, it's like fine. But once we actually get into like that second, third act mm -hmm. with like the nun, everything's really good. And again here, you know, like not perfect, some pacing issues, some story yeah. structure issues, but overall a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll be down for more. For sure. The only thing I would say is that they, if they do make a fourth Conjuring film, I do hope that Juan comes back or they get a more seasoned horror director to kind of do it. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like in the hands of somebody who, like James Wan, who knows this franchise like the back of his hand or, you know, another director, I can't, you know, a name escapes me right now, but somebody who has done a lot of horror films just could, I like, cause I think with this movie, even though I thought this was a massive step up for the director, I, f I forget I forget his name. I think it's Michael Gust Gustavo, maybe I, <laughs> Gustavo Michael Chavez, bro. Oh, Chavez, <laughs> Jesus Christ, butchering all the names today. Um, but I thought this was a step up for him. Like I thought he this was a big. Like, even though I haven't seen, you know, the Curse of La Llorona. Yes, thank you, bro. Roll, mm -hmm. roll that R, baby. Mm -hmm. um, even though I haven't seen that, I just heard the worst things about it, and that it just like for most people they rank it as the lowest in like the. It's Conjuring not. No, universe. I think the Nun is way worse. I think the Nun is worse. The nun okay. Sucked, okay. Yeah. La Llorona like had its moments, right? But it's just like it's just not a good movie. Yeah. yeah. But like even um, yeah, I'm not gonna get into all that, but I definitely don't think it's the worst. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. But I know for but it seems like this was a big leap for him. Like he mm -hmm. definitely was a step up. Uh, but I think in the hands of a more, like I said, a more seasoned veteran, I think they could have made it scarier and more creepy because there were moments where I was like, I should be like feeling dread right now. And mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, yeah. like I feel like even like this, like you said, they brought in like a murder mystery thing. Like, like I had vibes of uh, True Detective watching the season one with the mm -hmm. little like totems, the little like, yeah. witches totems and shit. Totally. Like True Detective, even though it's not supernatural at all it like i felt way more dread watching that than i did this and yeah i'm like i kind of wanted that here you know what mm -hmm. i mean so that that'd be like my criticism of the film um but you know like i said like i i enjoy watching the the characters and i just i had a fun time i, I really did enjoy like watching this movie mm -hmm. um but going off all to, to patrick wilson I read this article from the New York Times that basically called him, you know, we have all these scream queens. Mm -hmm. Patrick Wilson is like the undisputed scream king. 
Absolutely. Like he really is going from the Conjuring films and then obviously Insidious. And then now he's going to be directing the fifth Insidious movie, which is really exciting. And I just, it's just, I fucking love Patrick Wilson. And, like, and like, Orm. And Orm, bro. Orm screams so much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Atlantis! Rise, Atlantis! All the time. <laughs> That's the best, finding that compilation, just him screaming for five minutes straight. For an hour. Yeah, for like an hour. It's on loop for an <laughs> oh, hour. it's on loop, and yes. it's so good. Yes, uh, but speaking of Orm, uh, we're getting some development with, uh, with Aquaman. Wow, Aquaman look sequel. at that transition. Yes, that transition, baby. That transition was magic, yeah. baby. Uh, so we got a title, mm-hmm. Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom, which yeah. I guess is a little... <laughs> I, I really like the title. It's very in line with the sort of action-adventure um, movie that we got the first go-around. Right. But it feels like the first. <laughs> like, I, thought, I thought Atlantis was the Lost Kingdom. Yeah, I thought Atlantis was the Lost <laughs> yeah. Kingdom. Or like, you know, where they go to get this trident, this, like, Atlantis was like a lost world. Right. You can also say that the, that the trench, to an extent, is a Lost Kingdom. Yes. Well, well, since you're like kind of like the resident comic book nerd, um, you know, there's, there obviously Aquaman deals with the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. Right? So... I guess there's an eighth that we didn't know about. So has, well, has that ever been explored in the comics? Th- not that I know of. Okay. I mean, there is, uh, well, a lot happens in Rebirth and he goes to a lot of places and we meet a lot of creatures, but I couldn't really tell you yeah. which one would it be. Like, I know there's a great storyline with Mira when she goes to like, um, I forgot their name, they're like witches or like night sisters or whatever that pretty much tell her her future. And that's like somewhere off in, in is it Zebel? I believe it's Zebel. Okay. I'm drawing a little blank right now. But yes, um, it just when I heard that I'm like okay I like this title, however it just feels very much in line with the first movie. Right. So like I don't want I don't want I hope it's not like a repetitive thing. Mm-hmm. We will see. I'm glad the production starting back up. That's exciting, <clears throat> and uh, and yeah man let's do it because I really did enjoy the first one and uh, I'm ready for some more. My man, my man. I'm ready for some more Jason Momoa Absol- baby. Absolutely, you know. And Patrick Wilson talked about because uh, he obviously when he was doing press for Conjuring Three how. They are starting filming. I think they actually started to film already, if I'm not mistaken. Either they did or they're about they're to. They're about to. They're about to. They're like um, gearing up, I think, in about like two or three weeks. Two or three weeks, yeah. And he start. said he's not coming on set, I think, for another couple months. But he said he's been he's been in the gym. He's been training. You know what I mean? Kind of getting ready for it. So it's really exciting. We're getting some development on that. Uh, sticking with DC, the biggest thing that has dropped since Zack Snyder's Justice League, bro. And, you know, we've been saying this for a while. We've been saying, fuck DC, fuck all this shit. I don't care about anything that's coming out. But then this photo drops of Keaton's bat symbol. Mm -hmm. And it has a little bit of blood on it. Very much a callback to Watchmen. And suddenly I'm like, fuck. And suddenly I'm I'm getting pulled back into this bullshit now. Like my DC boner like just starts. Yeah, just starts like standing up. Went from six to midnight. Yeah, and I'm just like, stop. (laughs) Stop, stop. Sit down. And I'm just like, uh, and yeah. it's like, no, no. <laughs> I'm standing up. Yeah. No! Oh my God, dude. So much, so much fucking emotion. So many things went through my head when I saw this photo. For starters, that underboob. The underboob, bro. That underboob, bro. Underboob. People are saying that underboob is a new side boob. <laughs> when I saw that armor underboob, I'm like, oh my God. That's that's and it feels like it's it's the Batman Return suit. It's like the yeah, it's like the but, traditional suit. But I feel like the symbol's a little modified. Yeah, it's a little updated. And it's really funny because I was just scrolling and I saw that and it stopped me in my tracks. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see the caption. I didn't see who posted it. But I was just like, oh my god, that's Kean. And like it. And I know we've been getting confirmation. I know we we saw pictures of, of him back in Fandom. 
We've gotten confirmation that he's going to be in this. We, all, we also saw some some on set photos of them filming where where it's it's Wayne Manor from mm-hmm. from Burton's. Yeah, we saw the Burton's Bruce Bentley. Wayne yeah. chair. Yeah. Like we, we've known, I've known this. I think I've just been like very clouded with a lot of the negativity around DC that I haven't just maybe been able to fully process it. But there was something about just seeing that photo that I was just like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like Keen is back. Like yeah. Keen is coming back, and, and he's gonna be in the bat suit. And he's gonna be in the bat suit, yeah. and. I, I, like my mind just started racing. I was like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! This is actually happening." But again, fuck DC, right. you know. And but when I saw that blood, like you said, um, it's very Watchmen-y. It's very, uh, as some people would know, in Rebirth, the revamp in 2016 of the DC Comics, they brought in the Watchmen, right. and they had this whole run with a uh, with Doomsday Clock, which was great. And one of the early issues, or one of like the pre issues that led that led into Doomsday Clock was this one um, issue where Batman gets the shit beat out of him by reverse flash. Right. So Barry essentially is going to the Batcave. He's like, I'll be there in a minute. There's like a zoom, a flash, and Batman's like, oh, you know, you showed up early. That's like a first blah, blah. But granted, no, it's not flash. Right. It's reverse flash. And he's being the shit out of Batman, and every single panel is a different second. That's awesome. So there's like a time, there's like a little clock above, right. and every panel is a different second, and he's Batman getting punched, kicked, literally just getting fucked up. And in his mind, he's like, this is fine. This is fine. I just got to hold off. Yeah. I got to hold off 57 more seconds because Barry will be here. 56 more seconds, 55 right. <laughs> more seconds. And uh, and that made me wonder. So I'm like, because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. We still do not know who the villain is in the Flash movie. We don't. My guess is that it is going to be reverse Flash to keep up with the Flashpoint Paradox storyline. Because for the people who don't know, in that storyline, which is very reminiscent of the story that they did in the CW show. Right. Reverse Flash goes back to kill Barry's mom to essentially stop him from ever being born. Right. However, that causes him to go into forensic science to become a forensic scientist because his father was framed for the murder of his mother. So as a result, he goes into criminal justice. He gets a criminal justice degree, goes and becomes like a CSI to um, clean up his father's name. And in the Justice League movie, Mm -hmm. which is canon, he says- Unfortunately. He says that his parents, that his dad's investigation was botched. Right. Which leads me to believe that something was going on there. And mm-hmm. if something was going on there, then it leads me to believe that Reverse Flash was involved. So I want to think that Reverse Flash is going to be the main villain. However, they're pretty deep into production. They haven't announced anything. So my guess, our guess, yes. is that it's a big name. That's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming that a big name is attached to play Reverse Flash. And they're just holding, they're keeping it you know, quiet for now. And once that news drops, it's gonna it's gonna be like it's gonna blow everyone's shit be out of huge water. Because mm-hmm. like like I'm a, and I've seen fan casting for Reverse Flash. I'm not very familiar with the character. So in terms you of like on. in terms of like picking like an actor out of out of mm-hmm. a lineup, being like, oh, this person would be perfect for this role. Like I have no idea who like who would be great for. Mm-hmm. Do you have do you have have you ever tried to nope. fan cast this character? Like nope. And also, we, it's it's safe to say that you know we're getting a Latina Supergirl. Right. Uh, we're getting a Black Superman. So at this point, I don't even think like. Um, but even even aside from all that, you know, uh, Wonder Woman Gal Gadot doesn't look anything like her comic book counterpart. Right. But she know? but she embodies but she embodies the, the character, the character and, she isn't, yeah. and she's incredible. So. I don't need. I think DC does things a little bit differently. Like in regards to Marvel, they did pretty much physically, like very accurate casting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and did it well. Like yeah, the, yeah, the casting absolutely. for Marvel is has been incredible up up to up to now. So I'm sure you know whatever. Like I don't have a fan casting, but whenever it gets announced, 
um, which I assume like this. Obviously, we don't know if this is going to happen, but this is just yeah. what we assume. And uh, I think it's just going to be like a huge news. Right. And, like then, and then Reverse Flash is obviously much older, right? Than, than He's Barry. from the future. He's from the future. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people cast, fan cast, uh, Michael C. Hall, who plays Dexter. Mm -hmm. to play reverse flash and i thought that'd be pretty cool because i feel like he could play a good villain that would be actually a great cast yeah i mean but uh, but obviously in terms of like what we're he has the look too he has the look yeah. so but like we're saying in terms of uh you know them holding the casting back i feel like they wouldn't hold back Michael no C. not Hall, Michael you C. know Hall. what i mean yeah you're right. i've seen people try to fan cast mcconaughey as reverse flash mcconaughey would be great so, as reverse flash so if that ended up being like that's the only thing i could think of of them holding back they got Carl Alarm. I know we got a Carl Alarm. You know what that on. is? That's, that's DC. That's D they're, that's listening, DC? they're listening and they're like, they're trying to shut us down. Just shut it down. Shut, shut it down. down. Shut there it were, down. There's, all the secrets are coming out. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like if, McC if McConaughey was fucking cast, that's something that you that's would, that, that's what you would hold back. Yeah. You would hold that back. So he zooms in. Psh, all right, all right, all right, all right, Flash. <laughs> about to kill Barry's mom. <laughs> about to kill Barry's mom. Let's do this. Get some BBQ afterwards. <laughs> Drama Lincoln. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That would be incredible. I would love that, but that'd be the only thing I could think of. But but yeah, man, seeing that photo, just a rush of nostalgia of you know Keaton coming back as Batman. Obviously, I don't know what the fuck is gonna happen in this movie. I'm I like emotionally, like for us, it's it's a lot because you know, Affleck is obviously coming back as as Bruce Wayne for kind of like the first like chunk of this movie. Mm -hmm. And then Barry's gonna fuck up the timeline and then Keaton's gonna kind of take over. So that automatically has mixed emotions. We'll see how it plays Which out. Which was said, but we still don't know what the hell's going on. Right, what's going on. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe that won't happen. Maybe there'll be some sort of split because obviously yeah. they're trying to do the whole multiverse thing. So maybe Ed will still keep Affleck. They'll say he's still around in a different earth or whatever bullshit they try to do. But it, it is what it is at this mm -hmm. point. Uh, but that led me to believe that DC fandom in October is going to be fucking huge because right now Warner Brothers and DC have a massive PR problem stemming mm -hmm. from Zack Snyder's Justice League, all the shit that came out, all the stuff with Joss Whedon. So they need to get people back on board with mm -hmm. DC. And I'm not rooting for them in any least because I'm fucking sick and tired of getting burned by them. I fucking used to love Warner Brothers as a studio. Now I fucking hate them. Not rooting them, but just hoping for the best. Hoping for the best. Yeah, you but don't want someone to fail. No, I don't want... Well, yeah. maybe some of those executives can fail, but that's besides mm. the point. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. But I feel like they're going to try to pull out all the stops at DC Phantom. I think they're going to show us a lot of stuff. I think we're going to get footage from Flash, Aquaman, the new Shazam that's filming right now, Black Adam. The Batman. The Batman's going to have a brand new trailer. Uh, I mean, obviously, Suicide Squad will have come out already, which I'm really looking forward to. That comes out in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, man, I, I really think that's going to be our massive. Holy shit, it does come out in a couple it's weeks. It's a couple weeks, bro. Yeah, it's, it's oh. like we're like six weeks away. Oh. I know, so fucking pumped. Oof. Um, but I think it's going to be a huge event and there's, I mean, I hope, I hope there's a lot to look forward to. I really do. Like obviously last DC fandom that came out was exciting. We got really pumped and then, you know, Wonder Woman 84 wasn't good. Luckily Snyder's Justice League was good, but then all the stuff just That kind of, movie, I mean, not that movie, but that event, um, in hindsight was such bullshit. It was bullshit. <laughs> like they released, oh, Black Adam date that didn't hold. No. All these things that were just like with Walter Hamada we I mean, like, oh. I mean to, to be fair though COVID kind of fucked up some of that shit too yeah yeah but it's like oh like Walter Hamada's in charge Jeff Johns like we got a good thing going and then all this stuff happened and more news fell and yeah, blah 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 a lot of things came out yeah, yeah and it was just like yeah fuck DC yeah I know fuck mm -hmm. DC but uh, I am looking forward to that and hopefully going for, like, I, like I said the only movies I'm looking forward to for DC is the Suicide Squad and the Batman 
As of now, yeah. As of right now. Yeah. Like, I, like I cannot fucking wait for the Batman. Yeah, because like, it's going to be interesting not to get too into it, into it too much, but it will be interesting to see how everything happens post Zack Snyder's DC. Yes. You know, because obviously that doesn't exist. That's not really canon. That's like its own Elseworld thing. Yeah. But... Oh, there's the other thing. As we were talking about our nerd out night, we watched fucking scenes from that too. Yeah, we watched like the last hour. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. And, it, and it's great. And <laughs> it it's is. Great. Love and you it, see man. the Justice League and you're like, that's the Justice League, but not... Yeah, it's not. Like, that's not the Justice League right. because that's not going to continue. That's not going to yeah. exist, you know. There was reports that Henry Cavill was going to come back and do cameos in movies. I don't think that's happening. I guess that's not happening. Yeah. I do not think that's going to happen. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how everything plays out, um, what they're going to do. I do not have um, any – I don't have my fingers crossed. I'm not going to hold my breath. I hope I hope it turns out great. I hope, I'm hoping for the best with this – with this brand in this universe, but um, but only time will tell. For sure, man. For mm-hmm. sure. All right. Uh, moving on. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little John Wick Four. Uh, we got a lot of casting going on for John Wick Four. Uh, really exciting. They're about to start shooting. Um, we got Donnie Yen involved. We got Bill Skarsgård, which was awesome to to see that he's now going to be involved in it. And then Lawrence Fishburne confirmed that he read the script and that he is coming back for obviously. Which if you saw Chapter Three. The events, how it ends, you kind of realize that John Wick and the Bowery King are about to team up to take on the high table. It's going to so, be Neo. Neo and, and Morpheus. And hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the casting so far. Uh, if I had to guess, uh, they, I think they said Donnie Yen's character is going to be an old friend of John Wick. They haven't said who Bill Skarsgård is, but I assume he's... I would love if he's the villain and yeah. he's kind of from the high table. Yeah, you know? he has that vibe. He he's has got that like vibe. A, like, in, is it Antonio from the second one? Yes. Yeah, he's got that sort of like slick kind of like... Yeah. Uh, just like like, evil, like, like European kind yeah, of mischievous yeah. vibe. So I definitely picture him being the uh, the villain. And I think Donnie Yen is such a great fit to this universe because um like his sort of like martial arts films, unlike like the raid films stuff, like those are very serious and like um both both films have great stunts. Mm-hmm. But Donnie Yen's, I feel like Donnie Yen's martial arts films have like, a little uh, bit more like, of like, like a, was that IP man? It man, bro. It man. <laughs> You're just fucking a big time today. Big time today. IP man. You, you see, you see. No, you cannot make that movie. I own the property. Nope, you cannot make that movie. I am the IP man. <laughs> you see my lack of culturedness. <laughs> it's coming new out. New franchise. Yeah, yeah. A new franchise. We're gonna follow a new superhero called the IP man. He shuts down every single independent movie. <laughs> to be made. fair, to be fair, it is titled Capital I, Capital P, man. So I yeah. would think it's like. It's that's, own ama- thing. that's the best but thing I've heard. But that's, that's besides the point. That's the best that's thing I've heard all of June. It's, only, it's, only, it's June 12th. It's June 12th. 12 days and it's the best thing I've heard. Bro, that's why you're, you're here to kind of, you know, correct yeah. me on my bullshit. Bro. IP, man, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually hilarious. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, no, it, man, bro. Okay. But, uh, but I feel like his movies are a little bit more like cheeky like kind of like going back to those like jackie chan films say jackie chan like, tongue like when, cheek, like when yeah. he punches something hard he's like ow he starts like shaking his yeah, hand. yeah 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 i feel like i feel like it's more like that and when you think of like mark the character in the third one yes. like i'm such a huge fan <laughs> yeah. i love you like i feel like his sort of like um like that sort of charisma that he brought to those ip man movies <laughs> it's gonna work in like the john it, it universe man, bro. It, man. yeah gonna, it, i think it'll work in the john universe yeah, yeah an amazing martial artist yep. so you know i like the way he moves and i think he's gonna bring a lot of that to the john wick movies which have great stunts obviously so uh so yeah both castings i think are great and uh even though i am worried for the, about this movie me too um I because too. i you know you never know how long a franchise can go without running out of steam not to mention that the, the writer, Derek Coulsad, who wrote not, the first yeah, yeah. three, is not in it. And wrote Nobody, which and is wrote a, Nobody, which was a really which was fun great. movie this year. And just showed how much more creative gas that guy has in the tank. Same thing with Winter Soldier. 
the episodes that oh, he yeah, wrote. Fal- yeah, he did he did a lot couple episodes of Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh, I'm sorry, Falcon Winter Soldier. Which were like, the best episodes. The Captain America and the Captain Winter Soldier. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, the episodes yes. that he wrote were just incredible. So well, and then my my worry too is that Stahelski kind of has one foot out the door, mm. you know, because I mean, and it's like, and it's no fault to, to him either, you know. When you do something like this, you he's, he did three movies already, you know what I mean? So there's going to be a point where creatively you just don't want to, you want right. to do different things, you know. Right. And, and he's obviously doing different things. He's got a lot of projects lined up. One being the Highlander with Henry Cavill. So we'll see how it turns out. Um, but I, I did want to make this one point, like going back to, to Bill Skarsgård. Um, even though The Devil All the Time wasn't like the greatest movie and it didn't make the biggest splash, mm-hmm. uh, his performance was the one that really like stuck out to me. Yeah, he's like, great. Like, throughout the, he was great. And so, you still haven't seen Villains, which is right, great. Right, haven't seen Villains. Yeah. So seeing him in that. And also too, uh, Atomic Blonde is apparently confirmed to be in the same universe as John oh. Wick. And he has he plays a character in Atomic Blonde. But he would be much older in this movie. I, I don't think he's playing the same character, but I just like that he's kind of crossing over even gotcha. though it's technically the same universe. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty cool thing too. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, like we said, we have our worries. However, we do like this casting, and you know we'll just hope that it turns out for you. Absolutely, out absolutely. All right, last topic of the day. I want to talk some Star Wars. Ah, <laughs> oh, Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them in. I want to talk some Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> fucking Star you know, Wars, as baby. I was saying. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> your mom uh but yeah so like i said last night uh we were watching bad batch which has been awesome so far we're about seven episodes in um i'm catching up on the clone wars i'm almost done with season two and Mm -hmm. it's been fucking awesome every episode i watch i'm like why the fuck did i watch this sooner because i'm a bitch um but yeah that's been great and uh, i'm 18 year old nick and i care too much about jack 3d fuck animation bro i want to go to the gym i mean mean, not fucking i mean i did love animation but definitely jack 3d which is the best pre-workout that i've ever had and obviously it was discontinued because it was killing people so i I understand it but still the best pre-workout i did i Took at least ten years off my life, but hey, man, here it is. It's all it's all about the gains. <laughs> Your poor liver. It's like <laughs> I know <laughs> it's all shriveled up. Um, but yeah, uh, so that 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 was great. And then, like I said, we watched the actors on actors with Ewan McGregor and Pedro Pascal, and just seeing them geek out over Star Wars was amazing. Talking about the technology, uh, like I love you. Like you know, Ewan McGregor talked about you know how he's working on the volume and how the volume. I love I love the analogy he made too. He said it's like going back to old Hollywood. How like in old Hollywood, like the 1920s and 30s, you had to build like every you had to build all these sets. Mm-hmm. And like as you're filming a movie, your character would go from set to set to set. And it was kind of all in succession. But right. with the volume, it's like the old mixed with the new, and how you can literally be walking in the volume and the scene changes, and but you're still you're still there. And he mm-hmm. talked about relating it back to when he did the Star Wars movies back in the 90s and early 2000s, how it became just all green screen and all blue screen. And that's all it was. He goes, but now when you're there in the volume, you get so much more immersed. He goes, it feels like you're actually there and it just has a whole different vibe. And he says how reinvigorated he is by, you know, playing this character and being mm-hmm. back in this franchise. And I just absolutely loved it. And, and that he walked past two stormtroopers. Yes, that Why too. did he walk past two stormtroopers, Kenobi? Why are, why are stormtroopers? Where, where are you at Are right you now? in town? Are you in Mos Heights Cantina? Are you on a spaceship somewhere? I mean, obviously the Empire's taking over the galaxy at this point, but where are you? Right. <laughs> that there are stormtroopers. Why? Where that was crazy when? too, like, and you you wouldn't think of that. How he was like, yeah, I've never worked with a stormtrooper because it was all clone troopers. And yeah, like, and they were shit. all like fucking CG. You're right. Yeah. That's <laughs> like one of my favorite things ever is when uh when JJ well this was before 
um, before I disliked J.J. Abrams. Yes. But when he was doing The Force Awakens and how <laughs> George Lucas went up to him and was like, you know, this can all be CG. You know that, right? And he was like, get out of here, George. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to use real life yeah, yeah. clone troopers, right? Like, I, I don't need you. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank but you. I, 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 I don't need all the CG yeah, bullshit. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to build like actual realistic clone troopers. Yeah. But, um, but yes, it was great to like, uh, I don't even know. Like, well, I know because you're you're kind of you have a whole rush of emotions thinking about Kenobi, you know what this Kenobi series is going to be. Kenobi, and uh, you know we were we were also like spitballing last night, kind of you know theorizing like what you know is going to happen, you know even just in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And you know we talked about I forget the what's the actor's name that was in Queen's Gambit. That's going to oh, be it's in, Morgan something. Morgan something. I can't yeah, but I think when we did when when the casting broke. We th- we thought it was very interesting how her name was listed. Like she, she, she got was, she top was third. Billing. She got top billing. Yeah. It was like, oh, who the fuck is she? And then you were saying she's probably going to be an Inquisitor because she's doing training with all my money is that she's going to be an Inquisitor, which yes. would be fucking awesome. So then I was speculating that oh, so maybe she comes across because obviously the Inquisitors are hunting down any last remaining Jedi. She's going to come across Kenobi. They're going to fight. He's going to fend her off. She's going to retreat back to Vader to tell him I found Obi Wan Kenobi, and God. that's how the first episode's going to go. And like. Just thinking about it was just blowing my mind. And I was like, I cannot fucking wait to get this series. It's going to be so good. So good. <sighs> I'm going to like cry right now. I know. Now. Martin can't contain himself with this. <laughs> like, you don't understand, bro. Like, I think after just like us talking about it. Yeah. Like, I think that's exactly how it's going to play out. Yes. I think that's how episode one is going to play out. I think episode yep. one is going to be her as an Inquisitor coming across Kenobi, you know, one way or another, and then reporting back to Vader. And it's going to be very much like when Boba Fett found Luke. Right. When in, in the comics, Boba Fett finds Luke. Is that the first run of Vader? It's like the- issue it's issue number six. Yeah. Okay. The first run. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Boba Fett finds Luke. He goes back to reports to who to Vader, who is in like in a, in a cabin on a, on a um, Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And he, it clicks in his head that that's his son. Right. So he's like, oh my God, like that's my son. And then he starts getting all like, like all overcome of, with like emotion, overcome and shit, with his emotions, yeah. like anger, rage, all stuff. And he literally destroys everything around him. Right. Like the glass starts cracking, like all the robots yeah, are like, yeah. and I think it's going to be the exact same situa- situation. I think this Inquisitor is going to go to Vader. That's going to be the big Vader reveal. Um, and she's going to tell him it's, I think it's Obi-Wan. Right. Or maybe she'll tell him like, I found this Jedi or whatever. And he'll put it in his, he'll, like, he'll connect the dots that it's Obi-Wan and it, he, everything's just going to, like, get, like, just destroyed around right, and everything's right, going to yeah, crash. Yeah. And that's how the first episode is going to end. Yes. And uh, <laughs> either the first or second episode, I don't know, but I think that is going to be the Vader introduction. I think it's going to be this Inquisitor reporting back to him. And then him kind of getting all up in his feelings and then taking over. Be like, all right. right. And, I, and I just, I can already see like Vader and this Inquisitor rolling up onto Kenobi yeah, to like fight. Yeah. And then we're going to get a moment where he opens up a, a chest, like some like weird box or something. And in there is going to be his Clone War armored Dude, suit. Can you imagine, the, bro? It's going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. Like I know <laughs> it's going to happen. Only because of the people involved. Yes. And I, I said this before. I'm like, I don't want to get my hopes up that because in in Return of the Jedi, when Luke is trying to bring him back to the light side, and Vader's like, Obi Wan one star as you did. In in A New Hope, 
like there's never there's, that. There's never that there's interaction. There's never that yeah. interaction. Where he's like, trying to bring him back. Bring him back, you know? In Revenge of the Sith, there's never that moment. Yeah. He goes straight to Musfar to kill Anakin. Right. So I'm like, oh my God. Like, is this going to be? Is this going to be the moment yeah. where like, you know, Obi-Wan has just one last moment. Like, please, like Anakin, come back. You can do yes. this. And then we get like the Rebels type of like the eye. The eye, he, the eye changes When he kind of comes yeah. back for a moment and then. Oh, you know, and that's that. That was the other uh, interesting thing too about the, in the actors on actors when he's talking to to Pedro Pascal and, and you know, Hugh McGregor's like, "I'm working with with your crew." He's like, "I'm working with Pete, everyone from the Mandalorian." So, and obviously Deborah Chow, who's directing the entire series, who's a fucking stud. I can't wait to see what she comes up with with this series. But you know, obviously, you know. Uh, Filoni and Favreau are involved to, to, mm-hmm. some, to some extent. To, I mean, they're going to be they're overlooking it. overlooking it. Mm-hmm. You know, you Filoni's consulting. You know, Deborah Chow's had had and meetings had meeting with not, them. And yeah. Filoni now is at a point where like what he says goes. Yes. And when you're watching like the making of Mandalorian season two, when they were like when they were showing him the saber, and he's like, no, yeah. that's not right. Yeah. You know. So and he's you, but clearly, you can see how much more involved he is now too. Yeah, know? and clear and the proof is in the pudding. Bro. I know, what yeah. this guy does is magic. So like, yeah, I have. Like everything that I want to see, like I'm telling myself, like don't get, like don't put it in your head, don't put it in your head, right. don't try to get your hopes up. But at the same time, it's like, but Filoni's fucking involved, and he understands you. You guys are friends. You've met him before. Yes. He remembers you. He so remembers like, you. He remembers. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you, the Force is strong. We're doing like a like a you know last Jedi Force Skype Bullshit. call. Yes. <laughs> a Force Skype call. You know, we're like touching fingers, and, and he's like, I got you. I got you. I know. I know what you. I know what you want. I'm going to yeah, give it yeah, to right. you. It's it's totally okay. And I'm like, thank you, Dave. Thank yes. You. Thank so, you. yeah, like, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I will go on record now. This is going to be the best Star Wars. Yes. The best Star Wars. Ever. This, this these yes. six hours of Kenobi, mm-hmm. I think, has so much to give for for obvious reasons. The familiarity, mm-hmm. the familiarity of Anakin and Obi Wan is there with like the, the entire mainstream. Like everyone knows, everyone knows Vader. Everyone knows Vader. Everyone yeah. fucking knows Vader. So like the the appeal, the in, the intrigue is there. From that standpoint, from a fan standpoint, like for the fans, like general audience is taken care of. The fans, like I think, there's just going to be so much in here that it's going to please all the fucking nerds out there. Yeah, and, and I also think too that that this is going to be this is going to be a massive event, and I and I don't think people realize how huge this is going to be because of the fact that I think it's not coming out in theaters. It's going to be a TV show, so automatically it's like I think just in your in like your head, like it kind of dwarfs it a little bit. But you think about all the all the fans now that grew up with with the, the prequel trilogy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And having that extent, and then the history of Clone Wars and just all this stuff is building up. And like, this is like a huge, like, it's just, like I said, it's a massive event. It's, li- like, it's like, literally, like this, this, this is, this, this is the sequels. Right. And to, like, to, to this me, is the fucking sequels. Right. Like to me, this is like on the level of Force Awakens coming out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is going to be fucking huge. And it's, I can't, I can't wait. Like, I, can't, granted, I can't wait for it. Granted, this is happening in, in chronological canon timeline. Right. Even though, fucking canon like, it's I don't yeah, know. yeah fuck it but in regards to that it is happening before uh before the original trilogy it's happening before new hope right but, like when you think of everything that we've gotten so far this is literally the culmination of so many things come to like we got Braca in um the last episode of bad batch which right. is from the video game right so like literally they're just connecting all these dots bringing everything together creating all these universes and they they have now so much to bring into this yes. from inquisitors from you know, like all these different characters that can they can possibly throw in there. We can like possibly get like a young Din Djarin mention if we wanted to from the Mandalorian. Right, you right. Know? So there's literally so much they can do, 
And I think this is going to be like, it's going to be a massive event. I have my, my expectations for this are so high mm-hmm. and I think it's going to deliver I think so on too. all fronts. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Din Djarin, um, you know, going on to, to the Pedro Pascal side of the actors on actors, he said that the Mandalorian season three has not started shooting yet. And I think we did get confirmation that it's not going to start until the end of 2021, mm-hmm. beginning of 2022. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that's not going to come out for like till the end of 2022, which is a bummer to hear. But then when you, hurts. But then when you think about it, though, because like in December, we're going to have the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Which is going to be awesome. We're uh-huh. going to get a lot of cameos from Mandalorian characters, including Mando himself. We're going to get Andor. Mm-hmm. Then, the, then the Kenobi series is coming out next year. You know what I mean? Like, so we're going to have so much stuff coming out in between you know, uh, Book of Boba Fett and Mando season three. So as much of a bummer as it is that we're not going to hear that fucking theme song, which gets me so fucking jacked up every time I hear it. Uh, there's so much good stuff coming. Speaking of theme songs, um, Ludwig, yes, Ludwig's incredible. But the name Kevin Kiner, if you're a Star Wars fan or if you're not, mm-hmm. Kevin Kiner, you need to know that name. Is he doing Bad Batch too? He does. He did Clone Wars, right. Rebels, Bad and now Batch. now he's doing Bad Batch, yeah. Because he's done all... Like the animated music, right? And he's absolutely incredible. I want him to come on and do a live action project at some point. Yeah. But if you do not know the name Kevin Kiner and you do like scores and soundtracks, um, like yeah, Lyric is great, but definitely check him out because yeah. I think he, I think the work that he's done is is incredible so far. But yes, in regards to the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, again we were spitballing. Yeah. I already know what the fuck's gonna happen at the end of Book of Boba Fett. Mando's gonna come in off his like ship, like all badass with. With well, not Gina Carano anymore, but with his crew, <laughs> whether it's with Ahsoka, whether right. it's with Bo-Katan, they're just gonna come off. It's the probably ship. be Bo-Katan, I would think. Bo-Katan, and they're gonna be like, "We need you on Mandalore." Yes, like it's time. We're gonna take it back again. Okay, and we're gonna take it. I know you think the planet is glass. That's right. totally fine, but we need your help. And then they're all gonna go to Mandalore to take it back, and mm. which is going to be season three will be the siege, the live action siege of Mandalore. Right, and. If that does play out, which I totally think is it will, you're talking about just like one of the, in my opinion, as a Star Wars fan, one of the biggest cliffhangers like ever. Yeah. <laughs> this will yeah. like this will like be huge because then like it's like, let's go. We got to go to Mandalore. It's right. like, all right, all right, let's go. And they get in that ship. They go into hyperspace. Right. Boom. And it ends. And it ends. And that's it, yeah. I'm like, oh, let's go. I'm going to be like so ready yeah. to like see the state of Mandalore, to see what it's like, to see Mandalore. Oh, oh, Carnitine o'clock. To see what it's like in live action. So like, uh, there's a lot of good Star Wars coming our way. And it's all on Disney Plus because the movies are still in shambles. Yeah. Still, they still don't know when they're going to make movies. Taika has no idea. And it's just like, I don't care because Disney Plus. Is, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, that's the thing. Like it, like it, we've we've moved away from the movies, which is kind of crazy to me to to think about. Is that you know, like you know, Star Wars and you know the movies have been like the biggest thing. But now in the last like year, year and a half, two years with Mandalorian and now these couple shows that are coming out, it's like no, now it's now it's Disney Plus is like the thing for mm-hmm. your Star Wars content. Like that's where it's all at. Yeah, and like. And I don't even care about the movies. No, I mean, it's like, I, mean, I want this stuff. Obviously, yeah. I want the movies, like, you know, but um, but if you're telling me, like, hey, if I were to give up Rogue Squadron, Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron, and Tyga's movie, as much as I love them, yeah. and as much as I think they're great, I am not giving up Obi-Wan Kenobi. The only thing, the only thing in the next two years that I could possibly give up Obi-Wan Kenobi for will be the Batman. Right. That's the, that's the only thing. Right. You know, if, like, if some gods came down to, like, 
Look, you, we have to get rid of Boba Fett. We have to get rid of Mandalorian. You right, know, like you right. can only keep like Once, two. Th- you can only keep two things. It'd be the Batman, but they're the they're yeah, God. So right. I know you're gonna say Obi Wan. Yeah. What else is it gonna be the Batman? I'm be like, yeah, yeah, all right, it's the Batman. Right. All, right. all right, put it in, guys. Martin wants a Batman, Obi Wan Kenobi. All right, let's all right. go. All right, and then boom, they flash me, and everything right. else is gone. Right, it's all dust. Yeah, it's all dust. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, those are the only two things I care about. Like the most right now yeah um well i think for star wars too i think it almost feels like the future for star wars is in this long form storytelling because we've mm-hmm. gotten so much uh i mean you think about it like we've had nine movies right right and it's like you know for whatever reason that the sequels creatively stalled out in terms of what's what kind of stories they can tell and where they can go you know obviously like it's it was just one big fucking mess of just re, re you know like going back and redoing you know familiar beats from original movies and stuff so it's like you know it's like whatever with that but with this it's like now with you know i guess you could say with the clone wars you know how successful that was then rebels and now that we're in live action mandalorian long form storytelling is the future of star wars like that's where i think it belongs that's where it should be and you know now you could just see what they're doing with all these different characters and the stories that they're telling and it's it's exciting man and i think i love that ewan mcgregor said this on the actors on actors episode is that you know, watching The Mandalorian, he said that he was reinvigorated with this franchise again. And I'm like, you and everybody else, man. Yeah. Because that's that's the feeling we had, especially watching season two. When season two ended, you I mean, you've said this a million times, Star Wars is back. Yeah. You know, it's like- And it's, uh, like we said in our canceled Star Wars show, <laughs> I think, I think um, when we look back in at, at the history of Star Wars, I think Mandalorian season two, episode five, will be like a date- in like the timeline of like Star Wars history, because right. I think season five, I think episode five, the episode with Ahsoka Tano, the Jedi, mm-hmm. I think that really caused like a massive shift. It was, it was, it was a turning point. Yeah, it was, it was like a huge okay, point. people yeah. are like, holy shit, I'm yeah. back. Like it, it got people hooked on Clone Wars. Yep, it introduced a whole new world to Ahsoka Tano. Right. Um, everyone who loved this franchise like automatically like I was bu- like, I was already excited because of Bo-Katan a couple episodes earlier right but there was just something about watching that episode that literally was like okay yeah Star Wars is back right. the Thrawn name the Thrawn reveal like everything about it there was just so much goodness that literally just like brought I think brought the franchise back and then we followed up with Boba Fett and then we followed up with an amazing episode 7 of right. of Din's face reveal and right. then with an incredible like finale season finale yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just like beat after beat after beat and like you just the second it was over you were like yep it's yeah, back yeah. Star Wars is fucking and, back and it's only fitting that Filoni was the one to direct the Jedi you know what I mean like mm-hmm. if, if it just feels like you know when when the universe aligned when the planets aligned when the stars aligned everything comes together to create that perfect who moment who brought it back who was who the chosen one yes fucking Filoni it was bro. Filoni yeah, yes, yes. And, awesome. and, and you're right it's only fitting and just the way they're incorporating all these different characters in here like um like we just got Rex yes. back in in the Bad Batch. It's like that. Like you see Rex and you're just like you get excited. Yeah. Because if you're a fan, you get excited. And it's like these little things that they bring in here and there that are just like so much fun to watch. And and like we said, Bad Batch's last episode was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I was getting emotional just seeing like little Omega sit by Wrecker's side. I've I've said this already. Like I'm not ready to watch for, all these characters go, especially Wrecker. Especially Wrecker. I'm yeah. not ready to see Wrecker go. Like yeah. I know it's gonna happen. It's gonna fucking destroy me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that I think Star Wars is right now is on a good sort of trajectory. They are on target. They're staying on target, and I can't wait for more content. Absolutely, man. But uh, all right, guys, that'll do it for this FN episode. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, make sure you follow us on all of our socials wherever you see that big beautiful FN logo. But uh, with that, guys, we will catch you on the next one. Bye.